0: Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libson.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show. He's a killer. He's dangerous. This was said by Anthony Hopkins about Gary Oldman's acting. In this he added as well, quote, He's a rebel. He's on fire. He's a destructive crazy man. And of quote. Others say they could see that something bubbling inside him, and you never quite knew when he was going to explode. Quote, He wears his emotions right on the surface of his skin like a 15 million volt watt wire that had been cut, end of quote. Here's another one I like. He's like a suit, hanging in a closet ready to be worn. Friends would go on to say that they feared he was pushing himself too hard. Oldman has said This about his acting. Quote, In film, you get very little rehearsal. So you do your work at home. Do the homework. Lay the groundwork. Then you should easily be able to switch it on and off. End of quote. Sid and Nancy, prick up your ears. Chattahoochee, State of Grace. JFK, Dracula, True Romance. Romeo is Bleeding. The Professional Immortal Beloved The Scarlet Letter The Fifth Element Air Force One Harry Potter The Dark Knight The Book of Eli Darkest Hour Just a few examples of this man's brilliant work. It wasn't an easy road for Gary Oldman. In fact, it was fucking hard. But you know what? That's the saying, right? Whatever doesn't kill you, Makes you stronger. Welcome back everyone to the Actors Room. Episode number 18. And here we are. Once again. We are going to highlight. The extremely talented actor. Dedicated actor as well. Gary Oldman. And I have to tell you. This episode for me. Is going to be a fucking blast. I have looked up to this man. Since I saw. State of Grace, which was in New York at the age of 20. So I'm 41. That's 21 years. I have studied him, enjoyed watching him, because he is truly amazing. Now we're going to talk about his work, of course, and we're going to talk about him as a person as well. He is very truthful. I found out through my research, he doesn't beat around the bush. He tells it like it is. He has a mind and he uses it. And I think that as an actor, he approaches his acting in the same way. He isn't afraid to go anywhere within himself, uh, with people around him. He is not afraid of anyone or anything, of any moment. And that's what helps him be a great artist. An actor who shows confidence and the will to do it it will show through in its work. And it will come through and the audience will finally see that. It's something rare in the uh, theater and in the movies. Uh, that uh, that it factor that I talked about with River Phoenix. Well, that is the same thing with Gary Oldman, I feel. He has that it factor too. And not only the it factor. But he can also bring us to our knees. With just his... his uh, Intensity. Yes. Perfect word to describe Gary Oldman's acting. And him, as well. Uh, If you watch him in interviews, um, you will see that he's very intense about what he's talking about. Uh, There is no bullshit with this guy. And we're going to get into talking about Gary Oldman. One of the actors that I look up to very much, and I feel is right up there, top 20. Has to be. And he he has to be discussed and talked about and uh, watch his film. So here we go. Episode number 18 of The Actor's Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and I hope you enjoy this show.
1: Gary Ullman spoke to us with the same brutal honesty he depicts in his film.
0: It was a story that
1: I needed to get out and to tell. I had no great desire just to sort of direct a movie for the sake of it as uh, you hear some actors sort of say, it's a natural progression, and I, have you know, I-, I thought it was the next... Oh, I wanted to try it out, and, you know, I didn't have any great desire to throw a camera around for the sake of it. And um, so it was very much the story. And I get... Fr- I've just got frustrated with a certain trend also in in, in in the last couple of years. I'm not saying it's bad, but, you know, one would imagine that cinema started with reservoir dogs, you know, and people coming in and shooting one another up and it's all trendy and, you know, and it's all wisecracking and it's absolutely sod all to do with life. It's movies imitating movies, imitating movies, imitating movies, you know, and, and there's a lot of other wonderful filmmakers, Rossellini, Pasolini, Godard, Truffaut, Cassavides, you know, and I just got sick of seeing it, that, that trend... I thought, when's someone actually going to make a movie that's really... take the gloves off and get honest with it, you know? I'm a recovering alcoholic, my father died of it, and I know a lot of people who have been really, really damaged and destroyed their lives and are dead from it, you know? And as much as, in a way, I, I enjoyed the cinematic experience of leaving Las Vegas, I can't say I really believed a great deal of it, because, bottom line, you're not that charming, you stink, and you bleed from your arsehole when you drink like that. You you, you know? And and so I got just a little... It was... Kneel by Mouth is, you know, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but it was a movie that I wanted to see, and that's why... um, I made it. I wanted to. I wanted to see something that was from, from your heart. Um, I don't know who said it. It was maybe it was Sean Penn. He said acting was like driving nails into your head, you know. And at least when you're directing, you know, you're welding the hammer.
0: <laughs> that guy has a lot to say, and it's wonderful to hear him talk about uh, certain things. That um, was an interview he gave. Uh, After the film that he did on his own, he wrote, directed, and uh, produced a film called Nil by Mouth. And it is a look into the world that he grew up in when he was uh, in England. So, that is a movie that I would recommend any Gary Oldman fan to watch because it is raw and it is not for everyone. But it gives you a glimpse into his life. Gary Leonard Oldman was born March 21st, 1958 in New Cross, London. And Oldman states that he was born in his apartment right there in the bedroom. His dad, Leonard, was a former sailor who later became a welder. And his mother's name was Kay. Gary's father was an alcoholic. And he would sit at his local pub and drink most of the evening. Come home, then fall asleep. And then his dad left the family when Gary was 7 years old. Another common theme in the lives of actors. Their fathers jumping ship. Hmm, another one. What a surprise. (laughs) Go figure. Uh, the, The other actor that I just did, River Phoenix, well, he didn't have the greatest father either. But at least... Uh, John Bottom, that was River's dad At least he was a part of his life Um, He may not have been the um, prototypical father okay, Like the leave it beaver father But at least he was around Um, And that was one of the rare cases in these actors that I highlight Uh, The only other one I can think of was uh, Robert De Niro His dad and mom divorced when Robert was I think Very young, I think was 3 or 4 But I think Robert's father was a part of his life though. But it was a broken family. Um, And here we go. Gary Oldman. At the age of seven. His dad, gone. So I guess that Gary's dad met another woman and ran off with her. And it was his best friend's wife. What a guy. Once again, touching on a common theme. Amazing. Amazing. The fathers of these wonderful artists are missing in action. Incredible. It just amazes me, this trend. It just, it blows my mind. And it has a lot to do with what I said a while back. And I don't quite remember what episode it was. It's escaping me right now. But I had said that I believe that the better actor you are, I think, sometimes, or artist, it doesn't even matter, it doesn't have to be acting. It could just be art It could be music, whatever. Dancers doesn't matter. It helps to have a fucked up childhood, or just having a lot of issues, because you have all this stuff deep down uh, that, like, sometimes you need an outlet to sort of to go somewhere and to relieve all this shit that you got inside, all the anger and the the angst. And all of these issues, daddy issues, obviously. I think a lot of these artists had daddy issues. So here we go. We're going to go ahead and move on here. Um, Gary would see his father off and on for a few years in his childhood. His dad actually got a job working in Jamaica. And Gary remembers going out there for about six months. This is Gary's quote about this. I only saw him one time. I guess Gary was living in one city and his dad would hang out closer to his job. Gary as a little boy remembered the promises his dad made and Gary would wait at the end of the driveway of the hotel all day waiting to see his dad pull around the corner and up the driveway and he never did. He is close to his mom another another theme Where, okay, dad gone, dad out of the picture, and mom now becomes the central part. Uh, You know, somewhat, I can see this happening very easily. I mean, you don't have a dad. There's nothing else to sort of uh, compare to. I mean, that's all they got. So they're going to really look up to their mom and, and think very highly of their moms. And Gary was no different. Gary's mom had to raise him all on her own. Uh, and Gary does have an older sister. Her name is Maureen, uh, but she was 13 years older. So by this time, she was like 20. So she really wasn't affected too much with this, you know, breakup of the family. Gary strongly states that through all of his strife and all the shit that was going on in the family, he never once heard his mother complain. Say, Woe is me you know we really got it rough none of those things she never complained it seems as though the young Gary was aimless at first he was an average student but had very little direction he was drawn to television and movies but had never ever seen a play he was slowly finding his way when he decided he was going to be a classical pianist so his mom got him a second hand piano for 10 quid and a little old lady up the street gave him lessons and that is where it all started I think he worked hard and soon enough was playing Chopin Oldman points out something fascinating during this time in his life he found himself playing the piano yes but acting playing the piano and he would later at the age of 14 go on and take on boxing now this is fascinating He went through the training, and he was good at acting like a boxer. Shadow boxing, uh, exercising with the rope, uh, and he looked good at it. He looked good playing the part. And he fooled everyone until he got into the ring and got his ass kicked and decided, you know what, maybe boxing isn't for me. But it goes to show you that he was good at just playing the part. He looked like a boxer. You know, he trained like one. Uh... You know, he, he looked right for the part. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be a great boxer because you're acting like one. So as soon as he got in the ring, it showed that he wasn't a boxer. He's an actor. You know, let someone else be a boxer. Gary Oldman's an actor. He can act like one, but he's going to get his ass kicked if he enters the ring. And he did. So he decided, no more boxing for me. But his life changed when he joined an amateur theater group and met his mentor and his name was Roger Williams and Williams would go on to say this about Gary he was a great person to go see the theater with he saw everything every little detail about the performances now I guess Roger opened up the world to Gary and took him under his wing he opened up his eyes to the world for the very first time and Gary took notice Gary only had one school in mind to study drama. And that was the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Now here's a good one. Gary auditioned for this school, this uh, academy uh, called the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Well, he auditioned there. Great school, right? And they had this to say about his performance in the audition. Quote, It might be a good idea to think about something else to do for a living. End of quote. Wow. Woo. <laughs> Woo. That's gotta hurt, man. What did Gary do? He probably said under his breath or in his mind, fuck you. Turned around, walked out with no confidence at all taken away from him. He had one thing on his mind and this Royal Academy of Dramatic Art Didn't know what the hell they were talking about He wasn't going to stop Trying to do Oh, I'm sorry One of the mistakes that uh, I had made in my life um, Studying acting and being an actor in New York Was people would ask me what I did for a living They said, what do you do? And you know what I would say? I would say the wrong thing I would say, I'm trying to be an actor and then I remember this one guy saying to me, he goes, what, what, what was that? What did you say? I said, well, I'm trying to be an actor, you know. And he says, no, you are an actor. There is no try. Either you are or you aren't. And that really, like, I started questioning what I was really doing. Um, how hard I was really trying. And, and to To think about that, even now, even today, my older self back then. And how maybe I wasn't giving it that 100%. And it hurts me to say it. And to feel that. And to be confronted with that. That's some powerful stuff. And when you're not giving that 100%, that's where the 95% of the people who don't make it in acting... That might be the category they fall into. Sad, but probably true. So, Gary went ahead to attend Rose Bruford Drama College. So he got into there just fine. Uh, I guess uh, his uh, mentor, Roger Williams, kind of pulled a few strings for him and he got into this college. His drama teacher in this college felt Gary to be a loner. He wasn't one to go out and join all sorts of groups, things like that. The thing is, Oldman was in a world he wasn't familiar with just yet. Uh, He took a step back and looked at where he was. He claims that he attended the dancing classes and had to wear tights. He never saw a man wearing tights before. I hear you, Gary. I do. I had to do the same thing at the... uh, at the neighborhood playhouse. We had to take ballet, and so did Gary. It was weird, man. If you're not used to that, you know, putting on tights and seeing other guys wearing tights kind of throws you for a loop. And I get it. I was there. I I was the same white man. The tights threw me too. <laughs> but above all, Gary was sincere and truthful in the theater. He was classified by his directors as being a young actor that found it easier to connect with the audience. Than with his colleagues Interesting What is that saying That teachers and directors felt That he found it easier To identify with the audience Than with the person sitting next to him On stage Being with him in that scene That's weird, I don't know what that means I'm going to think about that But that's very interesting I, Oi. I want
1: it.
0: Oi, cut it out. Let him go. you are just
1: three bucks, man. I don't care. Leave him alone.
0: Who the hell do you think you are? Sid
1: so Vicious. <laughs> Good. Good.
0: Good. Sid and Nancy is a disturbing film. I'm sorry, it is. If you love that movie, God bless you. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, it's disturbing. Their lives, the Sid and Nancy, that whole scene, scares the shit out of me. Alright, I would never touch that with a 10 foot pole. Never. Okay, so that's why I'm making that statement. And there is drug use and strong language, but you see incredible performances from Gary and Chloe Webb, who plays Nancy, amazing. Strong acting. It's such a filthy picture, and I mean that because they really did live in filth, these two. And Oldman steps into Sid's skin. And he really did look like Sid Vicious. I mean, he did. He he acted like him. He looked like him. He sang like him. He just did a raw performance. Very noteworthy. I say, very nice job. You know, I... I... Uh, And this is where you get to, to see a glimpse of him at first. This was his big first role in Sid and Nancy. All right, And you see it then. Like that leap. He took it way back then in Sid and Nancy. You see it then. And it's a performance to note because it's very young in his career. And he's already nearly hitting it out of the park. I wouldn't say that he's quite hitting it out just yet. But pretty damn close. Now there was a, it's not an interview I saw. I saw, like, he was in front of a group of kids. And I think that he was visiting his old high school, Gary Oldman. And there must have been probably around 10, 15 kids sitting around in a very small room asking him questions. And one of the questions he was asked was the fact that there are actors and then there are great actors. What's the difference? What is that leap? What is, what, what's the distinction? And what makes them great? And Oldman would go on to say uh, some good advice. Is that he states that when he was in school, all right, he was already getting himself ready to go out there and do something with his acting. He says that he was the very first of his class to get pictures of himself done. Which is headshots. He was the first one to get a job. Uh, he was the first one to get an agent. He was the first one. He was he was building it up already. And he says that it was his drive. His force of will. That put him above everyone else. He says it's not talent. It's just I wanted it more. Uh, and that is saying something right there. And what I just talked about a few moments ago is giving it 100% and wanting it bad enough. You are now further down the road than everyone else back there because you want it and you have it in your head that nothing is going to stop you. And then you also have to remember that school that he tried out for that pretty much told him You have no business being an actor. You're no good. Go be a mechanic. Get the hell out of here, kid. (laughs) You know, all that stuff. He shrugged it off. And he kept at it. He believed in himself, and thank God. He went on to take part in several theater companies, including the Royal Court. But Oldman's natural home was in front of the camera. And one of those rare talents that was born to be on the screen. Gary admits that he enjoys performing for the camera More than being on stage. In 1987. Gary gives us an overwhelming performance. A very brave one as well. He plays the British playwright. Joe Orton. He is homosexual. And Oldman shows us. There are no barriers for him. Portraying this role. Exploring one's sexuality in film. Is not easy. Alright. I never had to take on a role like this. So I can't relate to it. But I know it would be fucking difficult for me to kiss another man and do it passionately. All right. I'm a heterosexual. All right. So kissing another man does not do it for me. So that's what acting is all about, right? Stepping into the skin of another character, but it's not that easy. It kind of sounds easy. Yeah, you just slip into the other character. You just slip into this other person. No problem. Yeah, just do your homework and, you know, talk to some gay people and you'll be fine, right? Yeah, sure. That's not how it works, man. I mean, I just don't... I just Me kissing another guy and enjoying it, okay, I wouldn't be able to do that. But you have to show that you are. That's the whole point. Is that these method actors can do all they can. Alright. To study it. Uh, try to master it. Uh, but you can't be who you're not. And if you're gay. And you're kissing. Uh, say you know I'm gay. And then I have to kiss a woman on stage. Or a woman in a production. of I don't care what it is. Any scene. Okay. They shouldn't expect me to enjoy it. But I'm going to do the best I can. To make sure the audience thinks that I am. And that's the point. Gary Oldman nailed it. I, if you've never seen this movie. Prick up your ears. And you watch Gary Oldman kissing another man. It's like he's kissing a woman. I'm not kidding. No shit. I, was, I saw Gary Oldman kissing this man. I was like whoa. And I'm sorry. I don't watch that many movies about that stuff. I've seen some. And I'm going to be honest with you. It makes me uncomfortable. Because I'm just, it's not natural for me. Uh, So, uh, as an artist, I might be kind of not there in that sense. Where I may not be open to that realm um, of that whole experience. So, you know, seeing him perform this the way he did is noteworthy to me. As an actor, seeing him do that. And me seeing it and going, I believe it there is no doubt about it he's pulling it off that's the beauty of Gary Oldman so what I'm trying to say is doing a part like this requires you to break down those barriers and his next film was track 29 and this one was interesting I didn't know of this film until a few months ago man Gary Oldman is good even in his early stages as an actor He was taking leaps from every role he got. Plus, he got to share the screen with Teresa Russell. My goodness. Now, there is something about Teresa Russell. I mean, she is just incredibly attractive. And she was in Razor's Edge, Black Widow, and Wild Things. And Oldman looks so young in this film. He looks like a baby. I mean, he's really young looking in this movie.
1: Hey, hey, hey! Shit, maybe you belong here. Maybe. Maybe I'm just stupid, huh? Yeah, maybe. That's what they tell me. Who? People. People where I work. Mama. Daddy. <clears throat> Well, you dig a good hole. One time, I had to dig out a, a gas line so that he could fix it. And I did. He come home. Boy, he just had a shit fit. He just about tore my ears out. He said I, I put the dirt on the wrong side. I don't know if there's a rule about that. Oh, Mr. Daddy. <clears throat> I ain't never done anything right. <sighs> she ain't ever gonna get to Miami. Who's going to Miami? No one. Well, who ain't going to Miami? My. I promised her before we was married. So she could go to the TV school of the performing arts. And I got to be a moron. And they put me in here. You must have skipped something. They put me in here because everything went Kibblee!
0: That was a clip from Chattahoochee. And did you hear that? Him explode a bit right there. He does that quite often in his films. There's often a moment in his films where he loses it and he does it so well I think he really does lose it he ain't acting he is losing it and I think that's what some of his fellow actors or maybe even directors were a little scared of Gary Oldman because he was able to let himself go and fly off the handle is a good word I don't think he would ever harm anyone but if you're around somebody that loses their shit it's kind of scary because you'd never really know what's going to happen next. So he had that thing that was a bit scary to work with, I think. And it shows in his work a lot. And I kind of like watching it and uh, it, it's because it's real. I mean, he really is feeling that at that moment in time within his character. And it shows in the film. Chattahoochee was made in 1989 and he played alongside Dennis Hopper and I gotta tell you the movie itself just knocked me on my ass. The opening scene where he shoots himself is a must see for anyone who appreciates great acting. He has the gun pointed towards himself and his hands are shaking, he's sweating and he hesitates. Then eventually he pulls the trigger on himself. He loses it and you could see it in his face. His mental blocks. His defensive mechanisms. They're gone. All the way gone. And how does he do that? I struggled mightily. With getting a few of my walls down. I have a lot of walls. I have, I'm a shy guy. I, I shut down. At a moment's notice. To protect myself. Because I'm. Very vulnerable. In. In. Having people look at me, study me, uh, to judge me. I, I don't like it. I have walls that I put up all the time. And when I went to acting school, they tried to break them down because you have to in order to feel something. That's when you're at your most vulnerable, when you feel something. So when I walk into a room, I put up the barriers to protect myself so I don't feel anything because I'm sensitive. And when it affects me, it affects me hard. Gary Oldman, I think, did well with just, he doesn't give a shit. Okay? Uh, The walls collapsed around him. And he was allowing himself to feel everything. And that's how you get that reaction from him. Blowing up. Really letting it out there. Because he feels so much. And then it comes out. And he allows himself to do that. That's what makes Gary Oldman a very important artist to study. Because what you're seeing is truthful. Absolutely truthful. Now his next film, State of Grace, is underrated. When you look up the word underrated in the dictionary, this film should be under that word. And if you are a Gary Oldman fan and you've never seen this movie, you must see it. Uh, some of the best Lucy Goosey acting, I like to call it, ever done, was by Gary Oldman in this one, and I mean that Lucy Goosey because he, the way he carries himself in the film, he plays, he plays an Irish gangster, and he spent a lot of time studying Irish gangsters that he would go to the local bars in New York and spend countless hours behind uh the veil of being an Irishman and taking it all in, talking with Irishmen, being in that bar, spent a lot of time there. And he says that he enjoyed it very much. And you know who wouldn't? He also, well Gary Oldman is an alcoholic. Um, and I think that was in one of the clips I played. He you know mentioned that. Uh, and so he drank a lot and uh, he drank a lot at this bar. And he got the, uh, the accent down pretty well. And he enjoyed himself doing this research. Went out, did a great performance. Very comfortable in the skin of this character. Very comfortable. And you get to see him loosey-goosey play act with Sean Penn. Uh, and uh, a great scene in this film is when he has Sean Penn's character on the, in the top of an apartment building, I think. And, uh, you know, like the the very top of an apartment building. You're outside. And, uh, you know, you're looking over the buildings and whatnot. Well, it looked like Gary Oldman actually had a refrigerator. I'm not saying it looked. He did have a refrigerator up there. And what they kept in there, besides beer, were body parts. And more specifically, hands. Why? Because when you're... In a gang, you're shooting people, you're killing people, for business reasons, hopefully. You're going to need uh, fingerprints in order to have it pegged on someone else. Well, if you kill somebody, you chop off their hands, you have fingerprints at the ready. So they would keep them in the freezer. And uh, this scene right here that i play for you is uh, Gary Oldman's character showing Sean Penn uh, their little secret and how they're not caught when they bump somebody off. Sorry. Check this out. What the,
1: what the fuck is that? It's uh... It's, it's Frankie's idea. You got your favorite gun, right? he got so sick and tired of tossing away a perfectly good piece after every job you take your hands <laughs> and uh, you, you you take your gun <laughs> but you put the prints on the gun you stash it the cops find the gun they're looking for a dead man this is somebody's hands? Yeah, hey. what are you touching them for? Terry. Meet Flynn. Yo, no, don't fucking No, don't fucking me. No! do You're gonna You're scared? All right, hands up.
0: Just a gem of a film. State of Grace, wonderful film. Got hooked on it back in the day. Where I watched it a lot. Haven't watched it in a while, actually. I may have to pop that one in soon. It's just a fun film. It's gritty. Sean Penn I love. There's also John C. Riley in that film. Ed Harris. Um, And you get to see uh, some great scenes between all those guys together. They work really well together. It's a New York movie. John Tuchero is in it as well. A lot of great actors. So why this film didn't do that? Well, I don't know. It really did not. It was a budgeted film around 18 million, and they barely brought in two million in the theaters. But I hope that they did recoup some of that money when it went to video, because I think they might have gotten some money back, uh, hoping that the video sales would sort of up the uh, you know the profit of this film, which I think it deserved. Now, here are a couple of tidbits about this movie. Here, uh, director of this film, uh, his name was Phil, introduced his then-girlfriend at the time, Uma Thurman, to Gary Oldman on the set. And, uh, well, she became Oldman's second wife eventually, shortly after the film premiered. So that was a quick courtship between the two of them. And Gary Oldman went ahead and snagged uh, Uma Thurman from the director of this film. And the marriage of Uma and Gary lasted 18 months before Uma filed for divorce in March of 1992. Oldman spent a lot of time in the Irish bars, like I mentioned before. He states that he didn't mind doing the research because it involved another thing he loved in his life, drinking. Gary claims that this is his greatest acting performance. That's tough for me. I don't know if this is his best. I I can't say that with Gary. There are way too many great performances he did. It is right around this time that Oldman lived in the United States for a while. Mostly in New York. I love New York, he says. I just love it. Alright, I want to point this out about Gary Oldman. And uh, a little story here. Actually, a little quote that he gave in an interview. Uh, And this is what it's all about. Gary Oldman... And his honesty about the work and the method and how he goes about it and how he approaches a role. Okay, He was asked a question about what is the most annoying thing about being asked about your method. And he says, and this is his quote. Quote, I'm at Press Junkets doing the interviews about the film. And they ask me, Gary, how did you go about doing your research for this part? So I think to myself, hmm, it's a science fiction thriller. And I say, um, uh, I read the script. End of quote. I love Gary Oldman. I love it. JFK came in 1991, and this has got to be one of the most entertaining and information-based movies of all time. I believe this to be a great masterpiece in modern cinema. JFK is one hell. Of an accomplishment for Oliver Stone. The director of this film. He is a very intelligent man. And he has a lot to say. But I will stress this. JFK is a movie. Okay. I will say that one more time. JFK. Is a movie. I for a while believed. What this movie was based on. And I thought. It was based on fact. Not true. This movie is based on theory, and it's fun to watch. And Gary Oldman portrays Lee Harvey Oswald brilliantly. Not much dialogue for Oldman, but he doesn't need it. He captured all the nuance of Oswald. Now, Oswald was a tragic figure in American history, of course. And Oldman's performance is uncanny in regards in mimicking Oswald, especially in the scene where that famous uh, the press scene where he's up there and they're asking him questions. And he just looks so, you know, of course he's all baffled about what, you know. He's just, Oswald himself is just a mess at this point. And they're just bombarding him with questions. And Gary Oldman's voice as Oswald was dead on. Just so good. The accent, the way he looked, uh, the way he moved around as Oswald. Just well done. The posture, everything. Now, Gary brought up Stella Adler, uh, the former group theater member and groundbreaking acting teacher, as uh, to her description of taking on any role and that it was this. She said, Read out, don't read in. It's all there, says Oldman. It's called Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Look at the title. It tells you. It's called, Death of a Salesman. My reputation is that I'm sort of this crazy method actor. This guy who does all this method acting. I very rarely go beyond the perimeters of the text. Okay, Dracula, 1992. Gary Oldman hired a singing coach to help him lower his voice by an octave. To help him give Dracula a more sinister quality. Then was drunk the night they filmed the scene. Where he had to lick the blood from Keanu Reeves' straight razor. What a disturbing image and moment that is. When he, the, his Dracula turns away and he just licks the razor. Mmm. Very, very disturbing. It is. But brilliant work. But Oldman, I guess, was uh, pretty drunk in that scene. So, if you didn't know that, I just want to point this out here. Gary Oldman is pretty drunk in most of his movies. Up until, and I will get to this later, I will tell you what movie he eventually stopped. And it eventually caught up to him. Okay? Okay. Uh, so in that scene and probably in most of that movie, he is, uh, he is drunk. Uh, and it was filmed after midnight, uh, just to give it the proper mood. Now, Oldman and Ryder, Winona Ryder, did not get along during the filming of this. And the rest of the cast was shocked because the two had actually been friendly during rehearsals. Uh, and then they came back from a break in the schedule and seemingly hated each other, with no indication on what had happened previously, and it was never revealed. I'd like to know, actually. Uh, Wynonna Ryder, although has given some really nice performances in the past, uh, seems like she's got some shadiness going on. I don't know what it is. I mean, look at the projects she does. They're all kind of just really... I don't know. Just... Mm. Uh, There's a lot to dive into with Ryder, actually, that I'm looking forward to doing. She's fascinating. And she's got a lot of, I think she's got a lot of skeletons in that little closet that she comes out of every day or gets, you know, clothes out of every day uh, that I would like to uh, do a little research on because I think that she's got some weird things going on in her life. But anyway, her and Oldman did not get along on the film. Uh, But the makeup and costumes that Gary wore in the film are remarkable. What a blast they must have had with all the makeup and stuff like that. Uh, But also think about this. The time and effort it took to get him ready for shooting every day. And I'm sure it took hours. I mean, that was an extravagant makeup job that they did on on him. Now, I believe Dracula to be one of the most demanding parts he ever had. Uh, And he was a creepy dude. Gary also has a tremendous amount of respect for Francis Ford Coppola, who directed this, and so do I. But I guess there were moments on the set they didn't get along. I think that happens. You know, there's going to be disagreements about just the art form, about how you're going to do a scene and all that stuff. And Anthony Hopkins, who co starred in the film, had this to say uh, that Francis wasn't giving enough direction to Gary, and Gary was getting fucking pissed. I even saw a clip of this very thing, actually. You can see Francis talking about a scene that Gary had to do, and Gary visibly is annoyed and says that he just can't play act it. I need something more, etc., etc. And his passion looks very contagious because you can see Anthony Hopkins actually in the background, and he's watching this scene going on (laughs) You know, Oldman just, listen, Francis, you're going to have to give me a little bit more than that. I just can't walk in. You know, he's, he's just talk, I just can't walk in and do that, undo that. I just, I, I can't do it. And, you know, he's going on and on. And my English accent was horrible just then. And you can see Hopkins in the background, and he's just kind of watching. You know, he's observing what's going on. <laughs> he's just, you know, taking it in, uh, watching it from the sidelines. Uh, and you can see Gary's passion. This is nothing that he takes lightly. As we have mentioned, he gives all of himself, and he won't go into any scene without being sure that he's doing it and it's going to be displayed correctly. This this is funny. Winona Ryder uh, actually pulled Oldman aside at one point during filming. Uh, she told him that he was so intense, and the way she said it, it surprised him. And he also says he was sort of offended by it. Here you go. This shows just how dedicated he is once again. He gives us all of himself. And then some more. And a rider, taking him aside like that. And saying in a way like. Well, you know you're too intense. Why don't you bring it back a little bit. And Oldman's like. Okay first off. I really don't appreciate your comment. (laughs) I don't appreciate your comment. And second, shut up. 1993 brought us a movie with Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette called True Romance. Now, Gary has sort of ripped on Quentin Tarantino in an interview that I played for you. Uh, He stated that Reservoir Dogs was cliche. And, you know, it kind of is, but it's a fun movie, man. It's one of my favorites. I think Quentin Tarantino is a fantastic writer. Just as great of a writer as a director as well. And he wrote True Romance. And Quentin is involved in fun films. And this one is no different. Gary Oldman plays a pimp. It's a cameo role. not a big, He's just, I think in just maybe two scenes and that's it. And those two scenes are great. Gary was approached to do this part, and Oldman said he hadn't read the script yet, so he didn't know. So he says, you know, what's my character? What is this guy all about? Well, the director told him he's playing a white guy that thinks he's a black guy, and he's a killer pimp. Oldman laughed and took the role right away. Gary has also been rumored to say that he would love to do a project about his character. And dive deeper into his story. God damn it. I didn't know that. That would be so fucking awesome. If you know about True Romance. And that character man. That character. Is so different. And Gary Oldman. Put a spin on this guy. I mean. Off the wall. To the gills. He's got the makeup going on. The, the dreadlocks, the look, the clothes he wears. He's got, like, every single one of his teeth capped. I mean, he is just having fun with that character. Can you imagine a film just about that character? That would be crazy. Oh, my God. That is so fucking cool. All right, I'm, I'm sending it out right now. You got to get this done. I mean, Gary's not getting any younger. It might be too late. That sucks. I mean... Someone couldn't sit down and write that script? That doesn't make any sense to me. All the spin-offs that go on now, duh! It just wasn't the right time, I guess. He
1: was asking to buy a Where the fuck is that bitch? She's with me. Who the fuck are you? I'm her husband. Here. Yeah. Good. Well, that makes us practically related. We <laughs> have a seat, boy. We you have so sofa egg roll. We got everything here from a little I. Joe to damn little I know. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks? What that mean? Hmm? I think you're too scared to be Now see. We're sitting down here, ready to negotiate. <laughs> You've already given up your shit. I'm still a mystery to you, but I know exactly where your white ass is coming from. See if I ask if you want some dinner, and you grab the egg roll and start to try out. I said to myself, this motherfucker, he's coming on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Maybe this fool's such a bad motherfucker. You don't got to worry about nothing. He just sit down watch my motherfucking TV. See? <laughs> you ain't even sat down yet. And that TV over there since you've been in the room is a woman with her breasts is hanging out. You ain't even bothered to look. You just been clacking me. I know I'm pretty. But I ain't as pretty as a couple of titties. (laughs) Ooh-wee! This shot fits. Hmm?
0: Drexel. His name was Drexel, that character. Man, that's really going to piss me off that they didn't do a movie about that guy. Damn it, man. Just, okay, I I have to refocus here and get back to uh, talking about Gary Oldman. So here we... And we are, I'm talking about Gary, so that's okay, right? Because Gary is so good at what he does, uh, it's safe to say he plays a good deal of psychopaths. And I, I found during my research that directors and writers have agreed with me on this point. Gary uses his difficult childhood and uses that deepness in his work. Gary's manager, Douglas Urbanski, has said that he feels Gary to be an enigma in the industry. And I'll explain why. He keeps the movie business kind of guessing on what kind of an artist he is. Is he an art house actor or is he a movie star? Now, the art house people think he's a movie star. And the movie star people thinks he's an art house actor. (laughs) When you think of it, that is kind of brilliant. And at this stage in Gary's life, he started to feel a bit overwhelmed with success. He was making an enormous amount of money. And when you mix that with an enormous amount of alcohol, there are problems. Gary admits he was sucked into portraying an image of success. He married Uma Thurman, for example, and dated Isabella Rossellini to play the game. And he felt he was playing it quite well. I want to go ahead now and touch on Gary's alcoholism. He confesses that the drinking itself reached an alarming degree. When asked how much he would drink in one day, his reply, two bottles of vodka a day. That is simply heartbreaking to me. That someone like Gary Oldman felt it necessary to drink two bottles of vodka a day. Now my heart goes out to anyone ...that has to consume that much alcohol to get through the day. Now he claims that his drinking really didn't affect his acting... ...until he did the Scarlet Letter... ...and he could see that something was wrong. He went up to do his scene. The cameras rolled, and he couldn't remember his lines. It went blank. And later that day, he had to get an earpiece to have someone read him his lines... That woke me up, he says. That woke me the fuck up. Okay, um, I'm looking at my time right now, and I'm right about an hour. Okay, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, part one and part two for Gary Oldman. I guess that's what it comes down to, because I'm not even halfway through with his career. And there's no way I'm going to cram it all in to uh, an hour and a half episode. And sort of just not give Gary Oldman the time he deserves. And he deserves to be talked about. It's important to talk about Gary Oldman. I think it is. And uh, the first one since Marlon Brando to be broken up into parts. So that's saying something right there. That He's um, uh, quite important to me, I guess. He may not be quite important to everybody else or anybody else as much as he is to me. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to put part 1 and part 2 to Gary Oldman. So this will wrap up this episode of The Actors Room. Episode number 18. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, Go ahead and put in reviews and comments. Like I stressed last episode, it's important to me and the show to give me a little confidence to go forward. Because I'm reaching the point where I'm thinking to myself, you know, oh gosh, you know, I hope I can reach the end of the year. And get more people to listen. Let it branch out a little bit. So I'm excited to see that happen and uh, see where the show goes. Uh, visit my website, uh, visit Facebook, uh, go to Twitter. I also have a Twitter account called The Actors Room. I actually reached uh, 1,000 followers. So that's pretty cool. Now, probably most of them are just, um, you know, some people just like to. You know, follow other people, I think. Twitter is a mystery to me. Uh, it really is. I'm slowly learning it. Maybe one day I'll be halfway decent at it, but for now, I'm just kind of winging it and hoping that some of the tweets I send out that just maybe three percent will just, you know, click on it or to touch somebody. Who knows? Maybe a few of them stick. That's all I' gonna ask for, right? With Twitter being the way it is. uh, It's a mystery. Well I hope you enjoyed Gary Oldman. Part 1. Part 2. Coming up next week. And what a week this was for me. It was a a week that went by pretty quick. I think. But um, like I said. In my last episode. The weather here has been really strange. The week that I did. uh, The Acting 101. I did most of the episode on that Sunday. And that Sunday night, we had tornado warnings. Well, we sat down to dinner. It was about 5.30, 6 o'clock. We're eating dinner. And all of a sudden, I mean, whew, I mean, outside, the wind just... I, it was pretty scary at one point. And I thought about going downstairs in the basement, you know. And the lights went out. Boof. Lights gone. Well, my little one, my eight-year-old, she freaked out. She freaked out, because you got to understand, although it was 5:30, six o'clock, we uh, changed our clocks back, so it gets dark around five. So when the lights went out, it was pitch black, and you got the wind howling outside, and this poor kid, she doesn't know what the hell's going on. And she was so scared. And the the storm itself didn't last that long. I would say maybe 20, 25 minutes of uh, whirling wind, a lot of rain, and then it stopped. But we had no electricity. So it was one of those nights where you got the candles going in every room, and we all sat around, and we talked to each other. But think about that. I know, right? And there's no TV or uh, anything to distract you. So we <clears throat> we actually had to talk to one another. It was It was great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> As it, hey, that's just what what happens when the lights go out. You actually have to talk to your family. So, but no, I mean, it's not like we don't talk to each other. You know what I mean? You know, so it was kind of nice. And uh, they got to go ahead and sleep in our room that night. And because they were scared. And that's okay. You know, and the little one, she kind of hogged the bed up. So I slept on the couch downstairs. <laughs> but the next day... Uh, I, I went outside, and there were tree branches, uh, broken tree branches, all over our front yard, and big ones, too. So I, I lugged them all the way to the backyard and noticed that my siding had come off. The storm was that bad. My siding was coming off in the back of the house. And then later on that day, when I came home from work, my gutter was damaged as well. My like, son of a bitch. So I got it. Talk to the insurance companies. I got to talk, you know, I got to get estimates. I, I got, I called this uh, company called Window Nation. They're coming out and giving an estimate tomorrow. So I got that going on. And you know what the cool thing about this whole thing is? That my siding and gutters, they're old and they were needing to be replaced soon anyway. Wouldn't it be great that this storm was sort of a blessing in disguise, right? So maybe, just maybe. The insurance company will throw some money my way to get some new sighting. I mean, isn't that fantastic? It needs it, too. I got a lot of trees around, so there's constantly leaves and stuff falling from the trees. And it's sort of, you know, I got the the gutters are just filled with shit. I got to get like a gutter guard. I am going on and on about my personal life, and I apologize. I do. But that's just me. And it's a part of this show. Sometimes... I will go and do that, and other times you won't hear anything about my personal life. But sometimes I just have to talk about it because that's what's going on in my life, right? And maybe you're, you're listening to this going, yeah, it's kind of interesting, yeah. A tree fell down in his yard and, you know, it dented his gutter. Oh, boo-hoo. But that's a big deal to me, right? Because my house, that's my domain, man. I, I take care of my house. And we bought this house about two years ago. And it's a nice house, and I appreciate it uh, my belongings and my home mean a lot to me. So I take care of it. Um, the yard was kind of a mess. So I've been taking care of that this summer. And that's going to take a few years to sort of, you know, cause I'm doing it on my own. Uh, and I work slow. I want to make sure I do it right. And the same with the inside of the house. We had to paint nearly every room. Everything needed to be repainted. There are, the floors need to be done. We, you know, just little things like that. The doors need to be done. There's a lot of things in this house that needed work. So I take great pride in my house. So having new siding and gutters is important to me. So pray for me this week that the insurance company comes out and gives me what I need. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to my rambling. And I'm looking down. I should have just, you know, continued doing Gary Oldman because now we're, you know, I'm just kidding. Now we're doing good on time. I'm on about uh, an hour right now. So, hey. Perfect. I did an hour. Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Put in that movie tonight. One that makes you feel happy. God bless you. Have a good one.